Today's gospel reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him, and then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if you wish. I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a black cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. As Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. After they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Word of God, word of life. You know, this transfiguration story, it's unlike most of the other stories that we read about in the gospel. There's no healing. There's no miracles. Jesus doesn't do any preaching or teaching. There's no wonderful prayers, no cross, no empty tomb, none of that stuff. It's just a bunch of guys who go up a mountain, see something really cool, get confused, and then come back down. Right? And and so it's kind of tempting to dismiss this story. Maybe because it's really easy to get caught up in Moses and Elijah. Um, You know, and then the celebrity of them, which for us is not quite the same celebrity as it was maybe for Peter. So this transfiguration event, it's interesting, especially for those that are present, it's maybe even exciting, but what does it have to do with us? I think sometimes all the stuff that happens in focusing on Moses and Elijah, and even the cloud and all those things can be a distraction from one very clear and simple message. Listen to Jesus. It was more like, this is my son, listen to him. Right? It's intimidating in a way, especially for Peter who just opened his mouth and as Peter does, things came out. But those words are not easily dismissed. It's kind of like when a parent says to a child, listen to your mother, right? It behooves you to listen and comply. And so I wonder if this transfiguration story is not really supposed to be inspiring to us so much as it is just simply a reminder. A reminder to listen to Jesus. Because we, like Peter, have times where we just get carried away in in the moment. We get carried away in all of the moments and all of the things going on that we lose what's important. Even when we have the best intentions at heart, which I believe Peter did, right? I mean, what Peter's really saying is, let's take a selfie with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Let's capture this moment forever and remember it and share it with everybody so they can see how important we are. Essentially, they're saying, let's forget about everybody else and pay attention to us in a special moment. But that's not really Jesus' style. 
And so it's important to listen, to not assume that we ourselves have it all figured out. I mean, how many of you graduated from confirmation? You don't graduate from confirmation. (laughs) Confirmation is the beginning of a journey with God. No, I'm just joking. Well, I'm not, but... Sometimes when we get through confirmation class, like in middle school, or maybe some of you did in high school, or if you came from other traditions, you had CCD, or you had any other number of, of things when you were a teenager where you learned about God, and then you, you kind of had this big special moment at the end of it, and then we kind of feel like, all right, I know everything. As if everything that you needed to know for life, you had learned by the time you were in eighth grade. Sometimes we think that there's no more need for Bible study or faith formation or simple conversation with one another. That's for kids to learn about Bible stories. And the end result sometimes can be that we get focused on tabernacle building, just like Peter did. How can we make our church amazing so that other people will come visit us? What's the perfect color of the chairs for the sanctuary? I was going to say church carpet, because that's usually the normal one, but we don't have carpet, which could be controversial. We could talk about that, whether we need carpet. But... <laughs> you know, how can we preserve and protect the sanctity of the church and of God in our society? When we say things like that, we're essentially saying, forget about everybody else and pay attention to us. And again, that's not exactly Jesus' style. He would rather us be focusing on things like welcoming people and loving people and serving people and lifting people up than we are about the color of some furnishing. And so God reminds us once in a while, like those people on top of the mountain, stop talking and start listening. To listen to Jesus. And I should note, too, that this is not a condemnation of Peter. You know when Jesus condemned Peter, when he says, like, get behind me, Satan. That's Jesus condemning Peter. This is not. God doesn't come down from the mountaintop and say, you fools. What Jesus says, after the listen to Jesus, the next thing that Jesus says for them to listen to, do not fear. Do not be afraid and get up. Jesus offers a gentle reminder, listen to your father. So listen to God, but that's, that's easier said than done, I recognize that. It, it brings up the question that if we are to listen to God, how is God speaking? In fact, we were talking about this in our confirmation class last week. We were talking about prayer and, and in prayer, not just talking to God, but also trying to listen to God as well in our prayers. But how does God speak to us today? To us who don't have these transfiguration level experiences, who have not heard the voice from heaven, who've never gone to a mountaintop with Jesus or had dinner with Jesus or heard Jesus give us a sermon. How does God speak to us today? Let's name some. So there might be some mountaintop experiences that you've experienced in your life, some 
pinnacle event that is so moving that the, it's like the clouds part and, and you have clarity about life and about what's important and it just descends on your mind and your spirit. And after this great and wonderful experience, you hold that vision and clarity in our minds and our bodies when we go back down. Like those disciples we hear about today, we have some experiences like that where we just get clarity. Sometimes God speaks in the valleys below when we're worn down and tired and afraid, maybe even when we're hitting rock bottom, and a peace comes over us. A peace that surpasses all human understanding. That can be God speaking. In fact, there's a story in the Old Testament about Elijah. And he's waiting for God to to fill him in on this great and important work that he wants Elijah to do. And this great and strong wind tears through the mountains and breaks the rocks around him. And it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Sometimes God speaks in a still, small voice. That's not loud and demanding. That is quiet and subtle and loving. Like a parent whispering to a child who's heard it. Sometimes God speaks through the clear, unequivocal voice of someone who loves us. Maybe that is the parent saying, don't go there. You're a teacher who teaches us the way, or a friend, a son, a daughter, a grandchild, a coach, a police officer, a neighbor, who holds us to account or steers us in the right direction. Maybe it's your pastor or a kid who offers you the blessing at the end of communion, or someone you sit down at at the table with at brunch, or the musician who inspires us and lifts us up. God speaks through all of these people. Like Nathan the prophet, who after King David had his little affair with Bathsheba, God sends Nathan to speak for God and calls him to account. And David listens and changes. God speaks to us through scripture, through sermons and actions and experiences of Jesus. And the scripture, it hits us differently at different times. We don't hear it the same when we're 14 years old as we are when we're 40 years old or 84 years old. God speaks through that scripture to us in different ways at different times. Every hero of faith in the Bible are people who struggle in life and yet live by the grace of God, and God speaks through their lives. God speaks through their experiences. These Bible stories are so important. There's also another story in the Old Testament where Moses wanted to see God's face, wanted to to know what was going to happen, Ahead, I mean, because God was asking Moses to do some really big stuff. And so God shoved him in this little crack between two rocks. And God says, you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And so God then passes over. I mean, God comes by, God puts 
his hand over that crack so that Moses can't see him coming, but, but lifts the hand when God goes, and Moses can see God's backside as God passes by. And it's kind of a weird story, but it's a story about how, how Moses comes to understand that he's not going to know everything that's ahead of him, everything that God has planned, but by looking backward, by seeing what God has done, by seeing where God has been and where God has moved and done things, speaks volumes and gives him confidence for moving forward. Sometimes God speaks through the Holy Spirit blowing us like the wind. The wind that points us in the right direction. A wind that bars us sometimes from paths that lead us to death. And it may not be a physical wind, but sometimes in, in life you just run into things that seem to steer you a totally different direction than where you thought you should be going or that you were going or that is maybe the right and logical way. And yet for some reason it just doesn't work out and you go a different direction that is just beautiful and wonderful and ends up being life-giving. That is God speaking in our lives. God speaks in the Holy Spirit when we talk with each other. When we talk with people that we know and people that we don't know, when we talk and listen to one another. Do you remember at the beginning of the Bible when God created Adam? The next thing that God says is, you know, it's not good for him to be alone. When we're alone, we get crazy ideas. Crazy ideas like building tabernacles on mountaintops. Or thinking that God hates some people. Or that there's no hope and we have no control in our lives. So we need to take control of our lives by controlling others. Or shooting a place up to get some notoriety. Some meaning. We all need someone to put an end to the foolishness like that in our lives. To metaphorically slap us on the face and say, listen to God. That's not what God is saying. Maybe they're just saying, do not fear. This is why we try to read the Bible in community. We read it with others. Why we read the Bible every week in worship, in faith formation, in our conversations, our lift conversations that we put out each month. Because the Holy Spirit works through community, through the people around us, so that when we get those crazy ideas, we can say, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. And so in our first reading today, we heard, in First Peter, we heard him say, we don't interpret the Bible on our own, but we are moved by the Holy Spirit. This is God speaking. That's a lot of ways that God speaks in our lives, and it's not the loud, booming voice from heaven, and so sometimes it is hard to listen. It's hard to listen even when there is a loud, booming voice shouting at us. But years ago, I can remember the United Church of Christ had an advertising campaign, and it was on billboards, and it was on the sides of buses, and I said, God is still speaking. I think those are beautiful words. God is still speaking. And it may not be like that voice on the top of the mountain, but we could take these words God is still speaking to remind us to listen. Maybe we take this moment to remember to listen 
to God. To pay attention to that spirit moving in our hearts, in our heads, in our conversations, and where our lives are going and where they have been. Jesus doesn't promise that it's going to be easy to hear and listen. He doesn't promise that we won't mess up like Peter does. But it does come with a reminder not to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid because of the reason that God still speaks to us is because God has important things to say to you, to guide you, to shape our world, to bless you, and to give you a future with hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.